Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Hey everyone, welcome to Right On Radio. Today I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, and that is I'm going to repurpose someone else's material. I'm going to definitely give credit uh, to the maker, which is 21st C Mind Wars. And that can be found, that channel can be found on Rumble. I'm going to also put all of the links to his channel and the series in the description box. This is the only one of the series that I have seen so far, but I'm extremely impressed with his work. And I will tell you that my team and I have been working on something like this for a very long time. And the dots that this uh, gentleman is connecting and this channel is connecting really line up with the pieces that we've been putting together on our end and connecting dots. There's a lot of names named in this and yes, it's one and three quarter hour, but it really, really heats up in the second half and you'll want to see the whole thing. One of the questions that's going to come up because I've looked at the comments underneath the original video is, is this saying that Pizzagate and, you know, the child trafficking and the tunnels and adrenochrome, is he saying that is not real? That is not my impression after viewing this. What I believe he is showing here, and it's why I want you to pay attention to that, is how the information was propagated into your mind. And having, unfortunately, been reading the books Mind Wars by Aquino, who is also involved in this, um, it's textbook, folks. And he names some names here, some of them, maybe, maybe not, but the dots are connecting and it's very interesting why this is coming out now. Um, Later on this week, I'm going to do a chat on Telegram, and we'll have an open discussion about it, and I'm going to go through the series as well. But I just wanted to put this out for you. Uh, it is worth watching the entire thing. So without further ado, let me share the screen here, and I'll see you at the end.
July 13, 2018 grand jury indictment, 12 Russian military intelligence GRU officers were indicted on 11 criminal counts related to the hacking of the Democratic National Committee and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee computers. In that indictment, they handles Guccifer 2.0 and DC leaks were identified as run by the GRU, that is Russian military intelligence. The DNC and DCCC computers were compromised between April 18, 2016 and June 8, 2016. On June 14, the GRU handles contacted Julian Assange's WikiLeaks, suggesting they work together to release information on Hillary Clinton in support of the Trump campaign. WikiLeaks asked Guccifer 2.0 on June 22 to send new material if they had it. This would not be the first time Assange was affiliated with the group in contact with Russian intelligence services. Assange was previously associated with hacker Pengo through Germany's Chaos Computer Club. Pengo was involved with people who sold U.S. military secrets to the KGB. Assange was also an associate of Andy Mueller-Logan, also through Chaos Computer Club, who attended a security conference in 2016 and 2017 set up by the Russian Ministry of Defense, and in that same period in 2016, he dropped a thumb drive off to Assange. Assange has also personally spent time in Russia and Moscow, and he at one point had a Russian-speaking girlfriend helping him when he was setting up WikiLeaks in 2007. A Senate intelligence report stated that a former colleague of Assange described his work as, quote, one-dimensional confrontation with the USA, end quote. Assange is also two degrees of separation from Alexander Dugan through his WikiLeaks associate, Russian-born Israel Shamir. Both Dugan and Assange seek to geopolitically destroy the United States. Shamir received 90,000 U.S. Department of State cables from WikiLeaks, and Shamir also attended conferences with Dugan, such as Foreign Policy Principles of American Conservatives, September 2008, Geopolitics of Multipolarity, October 4, 2011, and Florian Geyer Club Meeting, October 17, 2011, in support of the creation of a Eurasian Union. A short aside on the Foreign Policy Principles of American Conservatives Meeting in 2008, Edward Lozanski, an associate of Konstantin Malafiev, uh, Dugan is as well, also happened to attend that meeting. Lozanski is founder of the American University in Moscow, professor of the Moscow State University, and president of World Russia Forum, where InfoWars associates Charles Bosman and Ray McGovern were in attendance in 2015. The same year, they were also in attendance with Lieutenant General Flynn at the 10-year RT anniversary conference. Lozanski at that 2008 meeting with Dugan offered up American conservative contacts that were willing to work with Russia. Recently, Lozanski commissioned a Russian propaganda film for English-speaking audiences called, quote, The Other America, end quote, in which Ray McGovern was featured in it. Michael Flynn just happened to promote this propaganda film on his Twitter saying it was worth watching. While Assange was in contact with the GRU in 2016 and what would foreshadow QAnon, on July 2nd, someone began posting on an internet forum called 4chan, and that person came to be known as FBI Anon. That person at first promoted what Steve Bannon had promoted, in addition to defending Putin in his book Clinton Cash 2015, that is to focus on the Clinton Foundation, the signal, and not so much the emails, noise. A few weeks later, after another July 6th request from WikiLeaks to send hacked information, Guccifer 2.0 transferred files to WikiLeaks on July 14th. Roger Stone received communication from Guccifer 2.0 on the 15th, and then on the 22nd, WikiLeaks released 20,000 emails. 
those emails would form the foundation of and provide the material for the 2015 to 2021 psychological operations like QAnon against U.S. voters across multiple platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, alt-media news websites, internet forum boards such as 4chan, 8chan, and Russian state-owned and Russian-aligned private news organizations, and more. At this point, we need to define information operations as the United States sees it, as well as how our two major geopolitical adversaries, that is, the Russians and the Chinese, see it. First, with the U.S. version, information operations, something InfoWars engages in, against our own establishment, our information warfare operation against the globalists, is defined as the integrated employment of electronic warfare, computer network operations, psychological operations, military deception, and security operations. Psychological operations uses information to influence people's emotions, motives, objective reasoning, and behavior favorable to the people carrying out the operation. Now, Russia defines information operations in the following way. New Generation Warfare, NGW, concept identifies information confrontation, IPB, as the primary tool in the Russian military and foreign policy toolkits for achieving victory in modern conflicts. In the ongoing revolution in information technologies, information and psychological warfare will largely lay the groundwork for victory. Some Russian strategic thinkers predict that military actions in the information space will become the deciding factor in armed conflict. IPB is the Russian government's term for conflict in the information sphere. It includes diplomatic, economic, military, political, cultural, social, and religious information arenas. It uses both informational technical, such as computer network operations, and informational psychological. The latter attempts to change the behavior and beliefs of people by shaping perceptions and manipulating the behavior of target audiences like U.S. citizens in order to advance the objectives of the Russian government. Lastly, as for the Chinese, they call information operations their, quote, mind superiority doctrine, end quote. Quoting from the Jamestown Foundation of Global Research and Analysis, the People's Liberation Army is developing a new concept of psychological warfare called cognitive domain operations. The goal of cognitive domain operations is mind superiority, using psychological warfare to shape or even control the enemy's cognitive thinking and decision-making. Zhang identified four tactics to win mind superiority. In the cognitive space, one, perception manipulation through propaganda narratives. Two, cutting off historical memory so that the targets will be open to new values. Three, changing the paradigm of thinking by targeting elites to change their ideology. And four, deconstructing symbols to challenge national identity. To have a successful information operations campaign, one simply cannot rely on organic growth in domains like social media to promote disinformation. You need intelligence assets such as digital influencers to push the desired narrative, yet that is also not enough. You need information operations software. To be really successful in targeted campaigns, you need the database of thousands of data points for each of the hundreds of millions of Americans. You need bots to push the influencers and narratives to the top of feeds to create buzz and give the impression the information is popular and almost by consequence legitimate. The targeted disinformation strategy, the digital influencers, the information operations software, the bots, all of this was available to certain people aligned with the Trump campaign, people we will discuss shortly. On August 3rd, 
2016, a meeting was set up by private security contractor Eric Prince between Donald Trump Jr., Joel Zamel, founder of three information operations companies and someone who hires retired Mossad, and George Nader. Zamel was reportedly introduced to Michael Flynn by Bijan Kian. Both Flynn and Kian were part of the Flynn Intel Group. Zamel founded Psy Group, one of his three information operations companies, and had Roy Burstein, formerly with Israeli military intelligence, lead Psy Group as the CEO. Zamel had previously discussed his other company's capabilities, one called Wikistrat, with Lieutenant General Flynn between 2014 and 2015. Zamel had also reportedly asked Flynn to be an advisor to one of his information operations companies. Kian was also a partner at Flynn Intel Group, which had arranged an influence campaign on behalf of the Turkish government to get a Turkish citizen, Fethullah Gulen, extradited back to Turkey. George Nader was an emissary to two wealthy Arab princes and had access to President Putin, sending Zamel a photo of the two together, according to a Senate intelligence report. Nader also happened to be a pedophile and sex trafficker of young boys. Nader later pled guilty in January 2020 for arranging the transport of a 14-year-old boy from the Czech Republic to Washington, D.C. for sexual exploitation. Zamel, according to his employees, was preparing to pitch one of his three companies, Psy Group, a third time to the Trump campaign, and the Arab princes Nader represented were interested in helping Trump win. A quick aside on this, the QAnon psychological operation reportedly predicted the Saudi shakeup before it happened. Proximity to Nader could perhaps explain how the people running Q got this knowledge implying Flynn, Nader, and the Q group are connected. That said, Psy Group would go on to sign a Memorandum of Understanding with Bannon's Cambridge Analytica on December 14, 2016. It was reported that the Trump campaign did not elect to go with Psy Group's proposal. However, Zamel reportedly bragged to Nader after the election about how he used his technology to help get Trump elected, and then reportedly at some point after Trump was elected, Nader paid Zamel $2 million. Psy Group was subsequently paid a visit by the FBI, and it was reported by the New York Times in 2018 to be in liquidation. Psy Group's proposals were based around spreading disinformation to U.S. voters to tilt support to Trump. Their tagline was, quote, reality is a matter of perception, end quote, and they sought to, quote, shape reality, end quote, by changing people's perceptions with disinformation. True military-grade psychological warfare carried out against U.S. citizens by, quote, an elite group of high-ranking officers from one of the world's most renowned intelligence agencies, that is Mossad, end quote. In one of Psy Group's proposal decks, they discuss untraceable, obscured IP origin influence campaigns using financial and cyber intelligence, targeting and monitoring people using honey traps and boots-on-the-ground intelligence activities. They also discussed leveraging third-party influencers, for example, YouTube, TikTok, podcaster stars, etc., to deliver and promote key messages, sway opinion, and emphasize or de-emphasize issues of relevance to their clients. In addition to Psy Group, there are other information operations companies like Dynology, which we will discuss shortly, SCL Cambridge Analytica, where Bannon was vice president, Power10, a Twitter amplification app associated with Trump's campaign social media strategist Jason Sullivan, two other companies founded by XAML, that is Wikistrat, which offered gamification information operations, and which General James Jones and General Michael Hayden were advisors to, and Shadowbox, a company co-founded by an associate of Kian, and someone deep into puzzles and 4chan, a Thomas Schuenberger. 
We mentioned these individuals, companies, and their connections to the intelligence community to show some of the potential players in military-grade software behind the 2016 campaign information operations and the QAnon information operation. Power 10 was deployed by select Trump supporters who could be trusted to keep it a secret, which was actively encouraged by Roger Stone. The software turned real Twitter accounts into bot accounts that automatically retweeted specific accounts to amplify disinformation to U.S. voters in favor of Trump's 2016 presidential bid. The total amount of users of the app is unknown, but a study on the subject of just 73 users found they generated an astonishing 106,000 retweets in just 30 days' time. The disinformation amplification included QAnon material. Cambridge Analytica is also worth discussing more. A Christopher Wiley came up with an idea at the age of 24 that led to the company's creation via SCL parent company and CEO Alexander Nix, who had also reached out to WikiLeaks, investor Robert Mercer, and Steve Bannon. Wiley described his work at the company as creating, quote, Steve Bannon's psychological warfare mindfuck tool, end quote. It would bring big data and social media to an established military methodology, information operations, then turn it on the U.S. electorate. 230 million Americans, unbeknownst to them, were psychologically profiled by Cambridge Analytica SCL using Facebook profiles, which were extracted by the work of a Moldovian USSR-born Alexander Coven. SCL previously stated they had 25 years experience conducting behavioral change programs in over 60 countries. Wiley's idea partially came from a Michael Kaczynski at Cambridge University's Psychometric Center. Kaczynski's PhD work involved studying personalities by quantifying them, and that work was funded in part by the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, which saw the potential applications of Kaczynski's work being useful to the intelligence services. Wiley's early work in this field was in the role of research director of SCL Group, which had contracts with the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defense and the United States Department of Defense with respect to informational dominance, which includes rumor, disinformation, and fake news. Eventually, the powerful Mercer family, whom Ali Alexander of Stop the Steal is connected to, got involved when Wiley and his boss flew to New York to meet them and pitch them. The Mercers then funded Cambridge Analytica, based partly on Bannon's advisement, and the SCL group would go on to do work for the Trump campaign, for which the Trump campaign paid SCL Cambridge Analytica $5.9 million starting July 29th. Subsequently, in Senate intelligence reports, it was revealed the data sets Cambridge Analytica had comprised anybody in the United States over the age of 18 with financial history. There was also mention in that report of predictive response models that were run regarding President Putin and the Russian expansionism, which was not surprising given that Bannon secretly met with Dugan for eight hours in Rome in November 2018 and proposed a Russia-U.S. alliance and would go on to characterize the failed full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine as an eastern Ukraine border conflict. But they continue to talk about this. Look, the Ukrainian situation is a border dispute in eastern Ukraine. Russian-speaking Ukraine, it is a border dispute that is not even central to the national security interest of Europe, and you can tell this by the voters in Europe. The we previously mentioned General Jones's Dynology, and we will now show how that company connects into what we are discussing. Jerome Corsi, who has Mossad connections. They're thrilled we're going to break the news on Alex Jones into wars, and that comes directly from a source who is really above Mossad and the intelligence structure in Israel. And helped to a great extent carry out the QAnon psychological operation 
is an associate of former Trump advisor and Trump wingman, Roger Stone. And Stone is an associate of retired CIA caseworker, Robert David Steele, who is now deceased. Steele helped set up the United States Marine Corps Intelligence Center, was a ghostwriter for General Alfred Gray. Gray was also Marine Corps Intelligence, the general presiding over the Intelligence Center, and former Marine Corps Commandant. Steele was featured in papers by the European Union Institute for Security Studies and has authored intelligence books such as Intelligence Exploitation of the Internet, 2002, Peacekeeping Intelligence, Emerging Concepts for the Future, 2003, and Information Operations, All Information, All Languages, All the Time, 2005, etc. Steele absolutely knew how to run psychological operations and disinformation warfare campaigns. Interestingly, Steele also penned articles for Russian International Affairs Council, which we mentioned in part four of our series has KGB, FSB, GRU, and SVR Russian intelligence generals in its organization, meaning anyone associating with it is likely a target to be co-opted by Russian intelligence services. Roger Stone and Steele had met before the election, and Stone said on camera the conversation was about global strategy. Put your own course here, Roger Stone. Now, Roger, there are people who are spreading fake news, and yes. I certainly don't want to ask you to disparage any of your colleagues, but we all know that you are acquainted with Robert David Steele, and there's yes. a photograph of you with Robert David Steele yes. standing under a portrait of, is it Theodore Roosevelt? Yes, it's at P.J. Clark's restaurant here in Washington, D.C., and the picture is 100% authentic. We had a very pleasant dinner together. We talked to, you know, global strategy. Yeah. Given Steele's deep expertise in information operations, it is likely global strategy for psychological operations was the subject. Stone would not be out of pocket in such a conversation. Stone, a political strategist, is savvy to 21st century internet-based political campaigns, and he is an associate of Paul Manafort, former Trump campaign manager and business partner in Black, Manafort, and Stone, 1980, who created the company called 3EDC. 3EDC, quote, was established to develop cutting edge web and data tools. These tools are designed to connect people and to affect results in the political, social, and commercial worlds, end quote. A strategic partner of 3EDC, a company called Dynology, was a product of another Marine Corps intelligence four-star general and commandant, General James Jones. His holding company is parent to Dynology Corporation, which his son, James Jones III, is CEO of. General James Jones and his business partner, General Hayden, were both advisors to Joel Zamel's Wikistrat company, the same Joel Zamel that reportedly asked Flynn to be an advisor, and the same Joel Zamel that was pitching the Trump campaign. Dynology created the product under taxpayer-funded DOD contract called ShadowNet in support of Interactive Internet Activities, or IIA, for information operations, or in other words, psychological warfare over social media. While authorization for United States Special Operations Command, the group recovered in part one that introduced Donald Trump to InfoWars to engage in IIA, came out in 2007, it was roadmapped as early as 2003 by the DOD calling for, quote, commercial quality, and quote, PSYOP software to be prototyped. ShadowNet was part of a project, quote, pioneering social media psychological warfare weapons capabilities for the 4th Psychological Operations Group, end quote. Interestingly, Lieutenant General Boykin, whom we covered in part one and showed his associates are close to KGB General Yakunin, was general over that group from 1998 to 2000, 
and Joe Biggs, an Alex Jones associate and twice Purple Heart awardee during Iraq and Afghanistan service, was reportedly in Fourth PsyOps as well. A PFC Patrick Berge, who helped develop this software for Fourth PsyOps, was a whistleblower and initially went to alt media, which is mostly disinformation media, and started realizing the media orgs he went to were part of the disinformation web and has subsequently spoken out against Flynn, Pal, Giuliani, including the people he was featured in the documentary with as well. That being said, Berge is still putting out videos with QAnon slogans and even features the music of Thomas Schuenberger, who is closely linked to the QAnon community as well as Flynn. The information on Dynology is real and the connections to Psygroup and Manafort are as well, but one has to wonder what Berge's intentions are. That said, ShadowNet was developed along with the iSci software for military use, but was made available for commercial use, just like Joel Zamel's company's products were. ShadowNet and iSci together would allow a private intelligence organization based in, say, Tampa, Florida, to obscure its true location. A private intelligence corporation could have hundreds of intelligence operatives in a specific corporate office or remote offices appear to be originating from false locations, ensuring that their agents can't be tracked. This proves useful for those intelligence operatives when they begin using the iSci component, which is a web-enabled database designed for recording and tracking online social media interactions and influence operations of their intelligence agents against citizens. iSci has a web interface that allows for easy and accurate collection of data during online and social network surveillance and influence operations, and intelligence agents can create fake online personas to interact with U.S. citizens, collect information from those people, and then influence them based on their objectives and the responses of those individuals. ISI records all the ongoing influence operations activity, so intelligence operatives have a narrative or history of their targets through a reporting system, which the intelligence operatives can assess the successfulness of their psychological operations on. Like Cambridge Analytica, Dynology's product had its origin in public funds and subsequently could have been deployed against U.S. citizens. What was the fourth psychological operation group's mission, which the product was developed for? Their mission statement reads, quote, Fourth PSYOPs forces are masters of influence, the core of information warfare. We conduct influence activities to target psychological vulnerabilities and create or intensify fissures, confusion, and doubt in adversary organizations. It is not our intention to prove any wrongdoing by Dynology, but only to point to it as another example of an information operations company that made military psychological warfare products that now has a commercial product available and has close ties to the Trump associates and other information operations companies that have come under scrutiny by the Department of Justice. Companies like Dynology, Group, Wikistrat, SCL Cambridge Analytica are military-grade psychological warfare companies that we should be keeping an eye on. Going back to our timeline of events, after the Trump Tower meeting on August 3rd, aided by the GRU hack and Russian-aligned WikiLeaks release of those emails and social media information operations on Americans, Daniel Morrison at Median, in his excellent article on this subject, wrote that, quote, an alternative reality began to emerge, and an alarming number of people became completely consumed with the idea that Trump's political opponents were engaged in such horrific practices as ritualistic sacrifices and drinking the blood of tortured children harvested in tunnels deep underground, end quote. Who were the people pushing this narrative? It was those tied to the information warfare operation of SOCOM. I was basically contacted uh, by groups uh, inside Special Forces operations in Florida 
that is Alex Jones's InfoWars, and his associates like the Flynn's, Stone, Steele, Cernovich, Posobiec, Corsi, and many others. Julian Assange, shortly after the Trump Tower meeting on August 3rd, gave an interview on August 9th, suggesting Seth Rich and not Guseyber 2.0 could have leaked the emails to WikiLeaks. As a 27-year-old, I worked for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So uh, that's what are you the suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks and they, are, they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Ed Budowalski, friends with Eric Prince, client of Thomas Schuenberger, and associate of William Vinnie, retired NSA, promoted the theory of Rich being a leaker as well. On August 13th, Stone publicly defended Guseyber 2.0. On August 18th, he told Bannon, I do know how to win this, but it ain't pretty. Jerome Corsi on the 20th in a redacted document told Stone they needed to meet with name redacted to determine what, if anything, Israel plans to do in October. Corsi later revealed on air to Alex Jones that he had contacts with the group that sat above Israeli Mossad intelligence. Said we were going to break the news on Alex Jones' Infowars broadcast. This said one word. They said, great. They're thrilled we're going to break the news on Alex Jones' Infowars. And that comes directly from a source who's really above Mossad and the intelligence structure in Israel. Was Corsi connected to Joel Zamel, who hired Mossad? We don't have the answer to that. Then on August 21st, Stone alluded to Podesta's emails being released. Then in early September, Putin said it was important that DNC data was exposed to WikiLeaks, calling the search for the source of the leaks a distraction and denying Russian state-level involvement. On October 3rd, Stone said Americans will soon lock Hillary up. On October 7th, WikiLeaks began releasing the Podesta emails. Then on October 13th, Stone communicated directly with WikiLeaks in an exchange where they agreed to work together and not attack each other. On October 17th, the same day Bannon was named chief executive for the Trump campaign, FBI Anon, in a reverse from his or her earlier position, said, quote, when you're reading Podesta's emails, remember that the Clintons deal in weapons, drugs, and people. Some terminology and use is far more nefarious than many of you suspect, end quote. That comment spawned the Pizzagate conspiracy theory, which Posobiec heavily promoted. And I decided that I wanted to go for some pizza. And led to a man shooting up the pizza shop. That comment also gave material to the QAnon information operation. On November 1st, Steve Pachenik, an associate of Stone and Jones, put out a video to the public, which we covered in part four of our series. Pachenik in that video credited the intelligence community for helping defeat Hillary Clinton and that they initiated a counter coup through Julian Assange, saying that they gave emails to him. We also asked in part four of our series if Pachenik has been investigated by the FBI, seeing as how he claims he collaborated with WikiLeaks. Days after the triumphant speech about a successful counter coup carried out by the intelligence community via internet information operations against U.S. voters, Flynn Jr. and Flynn posted comments about a conspiracy theory related to the Podesta emails and Pizzagate. Flynn Jr. said, until Pizzagate is proven to be false, it'll remain a story. And Flynn said, NYPD blows whistle on new Hillary Clinton emails, money laundering, sex crimes with children, etc. 
The information operation continued days before the election against Americans by a three-star military intelligence general and his son who served as chief of staff for Flynn Intel Group. Russia was amplifying this messaging as well. Twitter subsequently admitted there were more than 50,000 Russia-linked accounts using automated posting regarding the 2016 election. Shortly after Flynn's comments, Trump was declared winner on November 8th, 2016. Building on Pachinik's early victory lap speech, Flynn delivered a speech on November 14th to Young America's Foundation that we also covered in part four of our series. Recapping that speech, Flynn said, we have an army. As a soldier and as a retired general, we have an army of digital soldiers. Because this was an insurgency, folks. This was irregular warfare at its finest. We have what we call citizen journalists. The American people decided to take over the idea of information and they did it through social media. It wasn't just Pachinik and Flynn running information operations against US voters. Others that didn't have intelligence backgrounds like billionaire Peter Thiel's associate, Jeff Giese, who ran a military style internet information operations campaign through MAGA3X, which had an organizational structure like the military, which Flynn praised. You can find the MAGA3X tag on Twitter posts from people like Baked Alaska, Posobiec, Flynn, Flynn Jr., Jeff Giese, Cernovich, and others. On December 24, 2016, after Trump was elected, Julian Assange gave guarded praise of Trump and blasted Clinton in an interview. On January 9, 2017, Robert David Steele, someone deep in the QAnon Influence Network, penned an article to Russian disinformation outlet globalresearch.ca. We covered this in part four, but we'll briefly restate what he said here. Quote, Russians did not hack the election. Is this the beginning of the end for the deep state in the USA? Aided by enormous restraint on the part of Vladimir Putin, president of Russia, the soft coup in the USA has collapsed. Credit for the defeat of the soft coup has been earned by two persons in one group, Donald Trump, Michael Flynn, whose deep personal experience in the netherworld of black special operations and green clandestine and covert action operations informs him in a manner few can claim. The group has many members, but three stand out. William Binney, Ray McGovern, finally, Steve Pachenik. The same intelligence community names keep popping up openly, taking credit for the victory of their information operation on US citizens. Flynn would go on to delete his Twitter account a few weeks later on January the 30th, 2017, where he helped spread the messaging very close to the Pizzagate PSYOP with his son Flynn Jr. directly spreading it. And on February 13th, 2017, he resigned from his position as Trump's national security advisor. Referencing again Morrison's excellent article on this subject, he says, by 2017 and the months leading up to the launch of Q, Thomas Schuenberger, Trevor Fitzgibbon, and Robert Steele were all in regular email correspondence along with Tanya Cromwell and her husband, attorney Stephen Biss, who represents Michael Flynn's best friend in DC, Devin Nunes. He also represented Mike Flynn's brother, Jack Flynn, as well as Cash Patel. Skipping ahead a bit and looking at a possible major clue as to the group identity of QAnon, Morrison believes the major giveaway as to this group identity was a post on March 17, 2019, where QAnon said, strike on the move. And then the next day, attorney Stephen Biss filed a $250 million lawsuit against Twitter on behalf of Devin Nunes, at which point QAnon said, you were warned at Jack, Twitter CEO and that the strike will be fast. This is possibly evidence Biss was closely connected to the group running QAnon because they had advanced knowledge of his lawsuit. 
this being on the same email chains as Robert Steele and Manuel Chavez and his wife on email with Thomas Schuenberger and the fact both Chavez and Schuenberger were two individuals deep in the QAnon community, Schuenberger with second degree connections to Flynn and Chavez with first degree connections to Trump org social media strategists would explain this and we will explore these connections more later on. A few weeks before Q launched, Stone on August 5th 2017 tweeted another information operation conspiracy theory involving Flynn and his knowledge of deep state pedophiles. Weeks later, on October 27th, 2017, Manafort, 3EDC founder and Dynology partner, and Rick Yates, remember Rick requested the side group proposal from Joel Zamel, were indicted. On October 28th, 2017, shortly after Dugan made his last appearance on InfoWars and called Charlottesville, quote, our war, end quote, QAnon made its first post on an internet forum called 4chan. On October 31st, a QAnon post starts off referencing a SCIF and military intelligence. Interestingly, Flynn was previously accused of running an illegal internet connection out of his office at the Pentagon, which was believed to be a sensitive compartmentalized information facility, or SCIF. And Flynn was specifically mentioned in that Q post. The Q post and subsequent ones were primarily in the form of questions, which is gamification, the application of game design elements and game principles in non-game contexts. And that is a known psychological principle in information operations, something XAML's information operations company, Wikistrat, had in one of their pitch decks and something the other information operations companies would certainly be doing as well. Gamification in Q was very evident and undeniable as tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, were scrambling to decode QPost with InfoWars employees like Jerome Corsi conveniently helping those people understand Q and find answers to the questions posted by Q, while conservatively 10 million people were directly following Q each month through Q catalog websites like QMap.pub. Jerome Corsi was hired by InfoWars, and they claimed the White House requested that Corsi be on the QAnon beat. Uh, to have him um, as the lead man to be our Washington bureau chief and to set this up in Washington, D.C. Uh, how successful it is is up to him, myself, you, the listeners, and, of course, all of you out there that support the broadcast by visiting. Uh, you, know, to get you know, I've been told by five different Pentagon sources, high level, that that, that whole 8chan thing is real, and that they're basically forecasting what they'd like to see happen and giving you information. But So that's definitely real. And that's why Corsi's been, I'll let you know, because the enemy knows, the White House directly asked Corsi to be on the HN beat a month ago. So, I mean, that's directly from the White House. Dr. Corsi is so smart. And then one other thing. Uh, real but I mean, what does that say about, about QAnon? <laughs> Whether it's, I mean, we're being told by the White House, please cover this. So what does that tell you? Corsi would go on to run QAnon on decode videos with the close associate of Flynn. Tracy Beans Diaz, and someone the New York Times has said linguistic analysis has identified as one of the Q posters, that is Paul Ferber. The identity of QAnon has been the subject of much debate, and we don't pretend to know the answer, but we are going to perhaps narrow down the group identity of QAnon based on public statements and information available to us. First, we will start with a study conducted by Michigan State University in 2021 that should give us an aerial view titled QAnon, Propaganda on Twitter as Information Warfare, Influencers, Networks, and Narratives. Quoting from that paper, whose principal author is Laura Dilley, quote, evidence of large-scale coordination among accounts promoting QAnon propaganda was observed, 
demonstrating the first rigorous quantitative evidence of astroturfing and QAnon propaganda promotion on Twitter, as opposed to strictly grassroots activities of citizens acting independently. Based on well-grounded theories and empirical findings from the social sciences, it is argued that QAnon propaganda on Twitter in the months preceding the 2020 U.S. presidential election likely reflected joint participation of multiple actors, possibly including nation states like Russia and corporate entities. We suggest the starting points for evidence-based consideration of possible architectures of this industrial-scale cyber social engineering campaign may be influencers like Russian propagandist Alexander Dugan and Trump campaign manager Steve Bannon, end quote. We see here that Laura and her colleagues have evidence that QAnon is not organic, that the Russians benefited from it, and that the worldviews of Steve Bannon and Alexander Dugan are echoed by QAnon. This is not surprising seeing how Russian military intelligence, WikiLeaks, Assange, Dugan, InfoWars, and Steve Bannon all tie into each other in a symbiotic ecosystem that we've documented in our series. Dilly and our colleagues pulled their information for their study from 128 Twitter influencer accounts as a starting point. Selection criteria was specific and included use of QAnon hashtags and related ones like XRP, Nasara Jasara, Save the Children, a hashtag the Q shaman had on his Twitter account showing he was indeed a victim of information warfare, and also included the use of QAnon themes like, quote, Democrats are Satan worshipers, end quote, and criteria like New Age, magical, esoteric themes designed to catch attention and hypnotize, etc. The results of their first study confirmed that the focus of QAnon-related Twitter propaganda was to boost Donald Trump and or denigrate his rivals. Flynn was a top 10 mentioned account in this group in the Gateway Pundit, who hired Russian Sputnik reporter Cassandra Fairbanks, who also appeared with Posobiec and Flynn crew, to be their bureau chief was one of the most influential domains. There was also evidence of astroturfing, that is accounts gaining followers at astonishing rates. One of the accounts displaying otherworldly themes and eye-catching visuals is worth mentioning. Snow White 7IM, run by Elisa Clapier, who is connected to Barbara Marks Hubbard and Thomas Schuenberger. Study two expanded on the first, this time using 1,000 accounts, and tested the hypothesis that QAnon themes bled into New Age esoteric themes. The results confirm their hypothesis, which is interesting because a paper cited in the study said that imbuing social media with such content could constitute a novel cyber information warfare strategy. Snow White 7IM was one of these accounts, and in study four, they reveal Lisa Klepier as the person running the account and mention Thomas Schuenberger as well, both being promoters of the Cicada 3301 puzzle. Interestingly, Klepier defended Russia's first invasion of Ukraine. Well, um, Putin's not dumb, uh -huh. um, and he does want to leave a legacy. And um, if you look at the history, so when an issue comes up like this, I go straight to the source, and I spent an hour talking to somebody from Russia this morning who's a friend, and I know him. And, um, and Crimea is Russian, and this is a 900-year-old history. And I would agree with everything my friend shared with me was accurate about what that clip was that you played. Um, but the perception and how it spun, because in the 50s, um, it was given away, and America was facilitative in that, and so that's what the hypocrisy comment was about. It wasn't about Afghanistan. It was about the fact that these are, um, um, 900 years ago when Christianity came in, it was custom to mix the races. His own mother was sent to another part of the region after university. They would give them jobs. And so 
Ukraine is Russia and Kiev was the capital of Russia for all those years. So. And Claypeer also has connections back to the New Age Esalen Institute circle, which was likely compromised by Soviet intelligence. Claypeer is an associate of Barbara Marks Hubbard, whose partner Sidney Lanier was a supporter of the Institute. Hubbard was a citizen diplomat in the Soviet Union during the 80s and founded the Foundation for Conscious Evolution with major funding from Lawrence S. Rockefeller, the same Rockefeller we mentioned in part three that traveled to the Soviet Union in 89 with Kissinger to meet with Primakov. Hubbard's brother, Louis Marx Jr., bankrolled Neil Bush's Apex Energy and her sister married Daniel Ellsberg, assisting him in the release of the Pentagon Papers. Ellsberg is a member of Unity 4J, which was set up by Assange associate Trevor Fitzgibbon, who is connected to Schuenberger and DeFango. And in Unity 4J, we have people previously covered associated with Infowars, such as Jack Posobiec, Bill Benny, Ray McGovern, as well as former Russian Sputnik reporter Cassandra Fairbanks. Fitzgibbon being on email chains with Manuel DeFango Chavez, and Thomas Schoenberger means that the QAnon community had a direct link to Assange. Back to Barbara Hubbard, her business partner, Stefan Denon, helped create Esalen's Center for Theory and Research, while Esalen also received funding from Lawrence Rockefeller for the Soviet American Exchange Program. It seems Lawrence has specific interest in building bridges with the Soviets. It would be quite naive to assume that this Track 2 diplomacy, as they called it, an exchange program like Esalen was involved with, wasn't being exploited by the Soviets. Soviet defector Major Anatoly Galitsyn, who was a major source for CIA counterintelligence head Jim Ankleton, was privy to some of the inner workings of the KGB and said in his book, New Lies for Old, on page 139, that the Communist Central Committee and KGB were using scientists, writers, and other intellectuals for political and disinformation purposes. Furthermore, on page 140, he states these people were used for collecting intelligence and political influence. In other words, any Soviet citizen that was talking to a Westerner was explicitly licensed to and were tasked by the Central Committee and KGB for intelligence purposes. Viewed in this sobering light, we then have to assume that there is likely poison that came from the Esalen Institute and their influence on American culture that spawned the New Age type movements. Possibly a long-term cultural subversion plan, which another Soviet defector, Yuri Bezmenov, discussed in terms of demoralization. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of its intelligence at all. According to my uh, opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, active мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. 
In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. That said, and going back to Cicada 3301, the religion of Discordianism is associated with it. The basis of that teaching is that all organized religions take on the workings of the universe are philosophically wrong and morally wrong. Rather, the opposite is true. The fundamental reality of the universe is strife, discord, and chaos. Dilly states the reason for study four, which ties into discordianism, was, quote, we hypothesize that tech-enabled QAnon propaganda, whether promoted by trolls or persons intent on liquefying boundaries between sacred institutions and profane constructs, could represent dangers to societies that were ineffectually dealt with at present, end quote. Dilly's study four results were disrupted, which was ongoing during the Twitter purge as a result of January 6th. But further investigations into that would be an interesting area of study, especially because philosophies like Bugin's incorporate chaos into his worldview and constitute part of his strategy for the conquest of Eurasia and destabilization of the United States. His symbol is, after all, the eight-point chaos symbol found on his books and flags and his paramilitary groups. And he says he believes in the Kali Yuga. That is a great cataclysm that will take place in this dark age. Now we're about to get to the meat and potatoes of the QAnon psychological operation, but first we need to recap from part one of our series to here. United States Special Operations Command introduced Donald Trump or advised him to get in touch with Alex Jones. Alex Jones's documentaries were distributed to the military in the late 90s and early 2000s. Alex's conspiracy worldview seems to have its derivation in the conspiracy theories of the John Birch Society. A confidential source of 21st century mind wars says they have credible information JBS was compromised by the communists. So it is quite reasonable to assume, if this is true, that InfoWars is a vehicle for a long-range Russian disinformation campaign to subvert the military as well as a large segment of the American public. Even if the John Birch Society wasn't compromised, 21st century mind wars has extensively documented in our series all the people tied to InfoWars promoting Russian geopolitics and fighting against our own establishment, they term the globalists, or less often called Anglo-Americans. Steve Pachinik, someone who worked under Henry Kissinger and called for the U.S. to ally with Russia along with Jones, named Lieutenant General Boykin, who trained United States Special Operations Command officers out of the Kennedy Special Warfare School, as someone involved in the soft coup getting Trump into power. Lieutenant General Boykin is friends with Nicholas Papanikolaou, he was a close associate of former KGB general Yakunin. Papa Nikola, Boykin, and Yakunin were all on Rhodes Island in 2011, which is an interesting coincidence, to say the least. Boykin is also second degree to Yakunin via Ted Bear. Boykin's other associate, Rick Joyner, was calling for martial law to fix the country's problems. In part two of our series, we showed Flynn and the InfoWars associates that were at the 2015 RT event and how InfoWars is using Russian foreign intelligence propaganda on Americans with no room for argument otherwise. In part three, we covered Dugan and Jones and how their messaging and identified enemy are the same. That is the Anglo-American establishment, which is the lesser used term for the globalist, as Jones calls them. In part three of our series, we showed how Dugan's and Jones's messaging was aligned since at least 2008 during the Russian-Georgian War. We also showed in part four a faction of the intelligence community claiming victory for getting Trump into power and their Russia connections. Also in part four, we showed how six VIPs at Charlottesville all connected Dugan, Russia, and Jones, and this likely wasn't a coincidence and was another destabilization psychological operation like Pizzagate that InfoWars and their associates carried out. 
That concludes our recap. And now for the big question, who was potentially behind QAnon? Dilly gave us a good starting point and overview of QAnon. Jim Stewartson, someone who used to work with developing alternative reality games, interviewed a man named Manuel Chavez, aka Defango, who we've discussed. Defango, according to Stewartson, claimed he came up with the concept of QAnon and pitched it at a DEF CON event that was attended by Trump Organization's longtime social media advisor, Justin McConey. Justin's dad, Jeffrey, is the Trump Organization's SVP. At that DEF CON event was also Jack Posobiec, who was working with Flynn at least by 2016, as there are photos of the two together and Posobiec in one tweet saying he was getting authorization from Flynn to do certain things, indicating a chain of command between the two. Defango told Stewartson he pitched McConney the idea, and sometime later, McConney invited him to a Discord server to discuss launching the project. In that Discord server chat was also James Brower, who was a state assistant director for Trump Massachusetts campaign. James frequently mentioned Posobiec on Twitter, as well as McConaughey, who apparently ran a shared Twitter account called Microchip. A Thomas Schoenberger would later state on video that before the launch of Q, a Tracy Beans Diaz was lurking around on the same internet groups as him, asking questions about Cicada 3301, which was an influence on Q, and that she was possibly reporting back to General Flynn, who was connected to McConaughey and Brower through MAGA3X. Before we follow this trail further, it is important to point out that Mega3x was set up with the help of Jeff Giese, who used to work for Peter Thiel, and Thiel co-founded PayPal and is an Elon Musk associate. Sebastian Gorka and Steve Bannon both said on air that Elon Musk was hanging around the White House and was a Trump fanboy in the early days of the Trump presidency. And I stay on it for the next four hours. And I just requested to talk to Elon Musk, who you remember, who was a big fanboy of ours. You remember him hanging around big. the SIG in the White yeah. House and we were there. He was like there All every the bloody week. Anyway, he was there. Um, <laughs> that's true. You remember, right? He was there yeah, like a fanboy with his little, little helper. Um, and out. This would explain why Elon has let nearly everyone back on Twitter that conducted the psychological operations campaigns of 2015 to 2021. Back to Gisi, though. He not only helped set up MAGA3X, but he penned articles on information warfare and specifically mimetic warfare that made it into NATO Allied Command transformation publications. Gisi defined meme warfare as the war over narrative, aggressively delivered through guerrilla online communications. He argued for this type of warfare to be conducted across the social media battlefield. He also made it clear that he knew how to execute a guerrilla campaign, the strategies, tactics, resources, and organizational structures required for success. This is why Flynn praised Giese's MAGA3X. In leaked documents, MAGA3X showed it had a general strategy, leadership team, intelligence divisions broken down by one lieutenant, five sergeants, five corporals, and 27 men across four squads. Each division was tasked with a specific domain, such as Reddit, LinkedIn, or Twitter, Facebook, etc. Flynn, being an information operations three-star general, would appreciate this military-like structure and organization run by Gisi, who knew how to help build the organizations to carry out guerrilla operations in the psychological warfare space. Basobic was involved too, and he was also a junior-grade Navy information dominance warfare officer with a security clearance apparently days before Charlottesville when he posted on his social media inside CIA headquarters holding Dugan's book. Lieutenant General Flynn in his speech to the Young Americans Foundation said Trump's victory was irregular warfare at its finest. We don't have to say it because Flynn already did. 
But said in other words, military-grade information operations, which psychological operations are a subset of, were carried out by military officers against the minds of the American people to get Trump elected. Meme warfare is just that, psychological operations across the cyberspace using short messages that are mostly pictures. Flynn, Giese, Posobiec, Mike Cernovich, who also contributed to MAGA3X and was on InfoWars a dozen times, and others in the InfoWars ecosystem undeniably conducted military-grade psychological operations on the American people, the vast majority of whom had no idea it was happening to them, nor had the means to defend their cognitive space from such attacks. Finishing up on MAGA3X, it had a group of very capable people in it that knew how to conduct information warfare. And we shouldn't be surprised at the concept of QAnon, perhaps the greatest psychological operation carried out in the 21st century, likely had its start with this group, which also ties into InfoWars, which ties into United States Special Operations Command, and a large intelligence network that has access to some of the highest intel positions in the country, such as Flynn's connection as CIA co-founder Jack Singlob's network. Going back to the Fango, we said he had told Stewartson he came up with the Q concept in an interview with Stewartson, and also McConney invited him to a Discord server to discuss this idea further. In that server was another individual connected to the Trump campaign, a man named James Brower, which might not be his real name. He was the former state assistant director for Trump, Massachusetts. Brower appeared with Alex Jones a few weeks before Dugan's last appearance on InfoWars and before the launch of Q. Brower on that program had told the audience this was his second appearance with Alex. On that same program was a Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, who was also a Flynn associate and was being considered for a role in the DIA. Additional evidence that Defango is telling the truth are tweets by Jack Basobic and James Brower and statements by Alex Jones. Jack Basobic years later said, quote, well, seeing as QAnon was started by two guys that are friends of mine, wouldn't that make sense? End quote. Brower went further and said, quote, I hope you've enjoyed the 4chan post, end quote. Then he signed not his name, but the letter Q. Strangely, in what appears to be a joke, or perhaps not, both James Brower and McConney, under his microchip shared account, were saying they are paid by Russia, and McConney said he was also paid by China to bring the USA to its knees. Additional evidence is that Alex Jones stated he helped inspire QAnon concept. I inspired Q. Which makes sense in that Brower was a listener and guest of InfoWars, as were other people that would later get involved. Alex also stated he believed the people that started Q were authorized to engage in psychological operations, and he knew who started Q, which makes sense if it was Brower. You know, I had the founder of Q at my house about two years ago. It started out just as some guys having some fun that were authorized to engage in psyops. So it did start with people in the Trump campaign and people that worked in U.S. intelligence. Who could authorize psychological operations with authority? Not necessarily legal authority, but more along the lines of who had the gravitas and respect held in the eyes of young internet warriors. To us, the only person that fits that bill is Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. He had the knowledge, he had the connections, he had the motive, he had the opportunity, the organizational structure via Giese's MAGA3X, and the ability to illegitimately authorize the PSYOP campaign on Americans. While the early concept of the QAnon psychological operations appeared to have been seeded by McConney, Defango, and Brower, McConney and Brower would apparently soon drop off and Defango might have served as a sort of bridge for the next group that took the reins. 
linguistic analysis, as reported by the New York Times, has pointed to Paul Ferber, aka Bruch the Scribe, as the main person writing the QAnon post, and then later Avron Watkins, son of Jim Watkins, who owned the Akon platform that was on Russian servers for a while, which QAnon was later posting at. Both Posobiec and Schoenberger were in contact with the Watkins at one point as well. That said, this second group looks like it comprised Paul Ferber, Coleman Rogers, aka Pamplet Anon, Tracy Beans Diaz, who had contact with Schoenberger, and Jerome Corsi were all working together in what appears to be a phase two of this military-grade psychological operation. Tracy Diaz would later appear on camera screaming in excitement at Trump telling him, we are Q, and we organized the whole thing. Perhaps she was telling the truth. Jerome Corsi was employed by InfoWars in their Washington, D.C. bureau around this time, and he was tasked with covering QAnon as requested by the White House per Alex Jones's on-air statements to his audience. Jerome underscore Corsi, uh, to have him um, as the lead man to be our Washington bureau chief and to set this up in Washington, D.C., uh, how successful it is is up to him, myself, you, the listeners, and of course, all of you out there that support the broadcast by visiting. Uh, Info you know, to get you know I've been told out. by five different Pentagon sources, high level, that 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 whole eight chan thing is real, and that they're basically forecasting what they'd like to see happen and giving you information. But so that's definitely real, and that's why Corsi's been. I'll let you know because the enemy knows. The White House directly asked Corsi to be on the eight chan beat a month ago, so. And that's directly from the White House. Dr. Corsi is so smart. And then one other thing. Uh, real but I mean, what does that say about, about QAnon? <laughs> Whether it's, I mean, we're being told by the White House, please cover this. So what does that tell you? Let's think about what was just said here for a minute. Alex said he inspired Q. Alex said the people that started Q were authorized to engage in psychological operations. Alex said he knows who Q is. Alex said the White House asked InfoWars to cover Q. In other words, the White House was tasking InfoWars with conducting psychological operations on the American people. And InfoWars did indeed do this. Jerome Corsi was the InfoWars point man for this operation. He collaborated with Diaz, Ferber, and Rogers. Diaz is now on the board of directors of the same company as Flynn called America's Future, where Flynn's associate and founding member of the CIA, Jack Singlob, also served. Tracy is photographed with Flynn multiple times and has interviewed him multiple times. Corsi is an associate of Roger Stone, and Corsi and Steve Bannon, who is also an Alex Jones and Jack Posobiec associate, are on the Council for National Policy, which Lieutenant General Boykin is on as well, who was named by Pachenik as being involved in the soft queue. Corsi was the shaman, or the in-between for Q, and the InfoWars audience. If Ferber was doing the posting, Corsi was telling thousands, if not millions of listeners, what the cryptic messages meant in his decode videos that Ferber and Rogers appeared with him on, and he also made appearances with Diaz. Hey, Strong Corsi, I'm here now. Wow. Hi, Doc. How's everybody? Is everything. <laughs> What's happening? We were having an interesting history discussion. Hey, Good. Doc, it's Pamphlet here. Um, Pamphlet, how are you? 
Great. My my wife is joining us here, and everybody is going to be discussing um, a history of the occult and secret societies. Must know Great. our enemy. So we're going to have a good discussion on all this. My wife is... We mentioned Defango might have been a bridge between this group and the first, but he might have also been a bridge to another group, which appears very close to the action if it wasn't directly involved. Defango was an associate of Thomas Schuenberger. Schuenberger is a known second-degree connection to Flynn twice over, the first through godfather of his son Wolfgang. That godfather is Nasir Kazimini of NJK Holding. Kazimini paid Flynn $140,000 in exchange for Flynn being an advisor. Schuenberger was also an investor in Kazimini's Amadeus Investors LLC, reportedly putting in $100,000. Schoenberger is also a second degree to Flynn via Flynn's Flynn Intel Group business partner, Bijan Kian. A quick note, Mike Flynn Jr. was also in Flynn Intel Group, and he was actively conducting the Pizzagate psychological operation. In a 2015 deposition in the state of California, Schoenberger put it on the record he was an associate of Kian. Now, Schoenberger was also in contact with Lisa Klepier, which Laura Dilley's study mentioned, and we pointed out Lisa's connections. Apparently, Schuenberger and Klepier were on the same email chains discussing a screenplay for St. Germain. Schuenberger was a composer for a piece on St. Germain that can be found on YouTube. St. Germain ties into Theosophy. Or, starting from the beginning, Theosophy was created by a Russian national around 1875, and her name was Blavtosky. A guy named Guy Ballard formed an offshoot of Theosophy, called I Am, where he claimed he was an accredited messenger of St. Germain, and from there, a St. Germain mystery school was created, and a woman who ran what looked like an I Am cult named Elizabeth Clare Prophet was associated with that school and would lead religious services, praying to the Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael, at that point and place I am visualizing and to that area upon which I am decreeing. And therefore we give this decree. In the name of the beloved, mighty, victorious, risen God, I am in my very own beloved, holy Christ, holy Christ, of the loving beloved Archangel Michael, and faith and the leaders of the lightning angel. Weirdly self-proclaimed Catholic Michael Flynn, was recorded delivering a near verbatim prayer to that Eclair Prophets. Mighty I am presence, I am here, O God, and I am the instrument of those sevenfold rays and archangels. We are your instrument of those sevenfold rays and all your archangels, all of them. And I will not retreat, I will take my stand, I will not fear to speak, and I will be the instrument of God's will, whatever it is. We will not retreat. We will not retreat. 
We will stand our ground. We will not fear to speak. We will be the instrument of your will. Whatever it is. Here I am, so help me God, in the name of Archangel Michael and his legions. I am preborn, and I shall remain preborn, and I shall not be enslaved by any foe within or without. In your name, and the name of your legions, we are freeborn, and we shall remain freeborn. And we shall not be enslaved by any foe, within or without. So help me God. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you very much. And Christians have pointed out no sanctioned Catholic prayer exists that appears to match what Flynn said. The only reason why we mention this is because it ties Flynn into the same circle again, but less tightly than the evidence we previously presented. So Schoenberger and Claypure were directly connected, and Schoenberger was second degree to Flynn twice over, and perhaps all three shared an interest in the I Am Theosophy movement. We are discussing Schoenberger because of Defango possibly being a bridge, but Schoenberger might be as well. In fact, he definitely is in some respects. Schoenberger, like Defango, was involved in the Cicada 3301 puzzle, which Tracy Diaz was also talking about before Q launched, and internet groups with Schoenberger, and after Q did launch, she immediately started producing videos on Q. Cicada 3301 attracted more than the likes of an employee at 8chan. It seemed another individual had been in touch with Thomas, looking for inspiration. Tracy Beans, she was asking me a lot of questions about Cicada. I don't know where to look. I could tell she was taking notes. I'm suspecting that she was giving it to General Flynn like MTG and, and General Flynn and myself to a certain extent knew what was going on with the Q thing and knew that there was a tug of war going on over this anonymous thing. And so, well, let's just try to co-opt it away from the bad guys that are using it and use it for good. And that's what General Flynn tried to do, okay? Had discussions with him about it. Schoenberger and Defango were also connected to former CIA caseworker Robert David Steele, who we previously pointed out praised Putin, is an associate of Alex Jones, NSA Bill Benny, Roger Stone, wrote for Russian Intel Compromise per the State Department August 2020 report, globalresearch.ca, as well as Russian International Affairs Council, which had all three branches of Russian intelligence in its organization represented by generals of those branches. We also previously pointed out Steele was threatening flag officers to reinstall Trump, and he is connected to the Flynn family. Schoenberger and Defango were also in communication with Trevor Fitzgibbon, who started Unity 4J, which has Posobiec, Benny, McGovern, Fairbanks, and Ellsberg in its membership, and Fitzgibbon was part of the WikiLeaks team and was in the photo with Assange. Also connected to this group via Steele and Defango was Stephen Biss, who represented Nunez and who filed the Twitter lawsuit, perhaps giving this group advance notice to communicate to the person or persons posting SQ to telegraph that event before it happened. In summary, with respect to this group, Defango and Schoenberger were definitely bridges of sorts. 
perhaps in direct communication with the queue posters or perhaps directly posting themselves. Their connections go to Flynn, InfoWars Associates, and Assange. Lastly, with respect to this group, it should be noted Schoenberger, Defango, and Fitzgibbon launched a company together called Shadowbox, where Ed Bodowalski, a client who is friends with Eric Prince, someone that Schoenberger claimed in an email he knew and someone we previously reported helped arrange the Trump Tower meeting with XAML, pitching a psychological operations company to the Trump campaign. So that was a lot we covered regarding what looks like a bridging group, but there is more to discuss in regards to Q. Going back to the New York Times article with respect to linguistic analysis, that article said it looked like at some point Paul Ferber had begun to collaborate with Ron Watkins, son of Jim Watkins, and then Ron Watkins took over. Before we go to Ron, we need to point out what we mentioned earlier and that Alex said he knew who Q was. This statement could in fact encompass both the early Q concept group and the second group. Alex not only had James Brower on, but he had one of his producers bring Paul Ferber and Coleman Rogers on in front of the InfoWars audience as well. That is, Paul being Bruch, the scribe, and Coleman being Pamphlet Anon, the same two individuals Corsi was collaborating with, along with Diaz. Uh, for the most of this hour, I'm going to be conducting an interview with two individuals known as Pamphlet Anon and uh, Baruch, the scribe. And... These two individuals reached out to me. They're moderators on uh, 4chan and 8chan and Reddit, and they mainly deal with cultivating the news that QAnon has been putting out. InfoWars was very much part and parcel of the QAnon psychological operation. If the New York Times article is correct, posting moved from Ferber over to Ron Watkins. Wasobic would later interview his father. Jim, thanks so much for being on with us today. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Now, nice. we understand that you got done about four hours of a hearing with the House Committee on Homeland Security. Tell me about that. Well, they, they asked about my finances. They didn't seem to get it that HN is not a billion-dollar company like the other companies they'd been talking to. I think they were a little bit shocked. What's interesting about Ron and his father, Jim, is Jim also connects to the water circle we've covered in our series, and this might seem like too much of a detour, but we mention it here because of what Dilly mentioned in her research paper. That is, there appears to be a network overlap among accounts promoting far-right extremist content, new age, occult, and esoteric themes, and internet puzzle games like Cicada 3301. So here's how some of this connects and overlaps regarding what Dilly said in her study. Investigative journalist Dave Troy said retired Lieutenant Colonel Aquino, an admitted Satanist and featured in an old DOJ report regarding his Temple of Set, was in contact with Jim Watkins. There's multiple tie-ins from there. First, Aquino was author and editor of Satanic Bibles inspired by Aleister Crowley. Dugan recited Crowley and mentioned him favorably, and we pointed out Dugan was interviewed five times by the InfoWars team, which includes Jay Dyer, who writes for Charles Bosman's Russian Faith, and who wrote for Russian intelligence-compromised organizations. Aquino's associate, Anton LaVey, also authored a Satanic Bible inspired by Crowley, and his grandson's Satanic wedding was attended by Joe Rogan, a close Jones associate since the 90s. Joe's talent booker, Matt Staggs, was a part of a company called the Disinformation Company that distributed Alex Jones's film, Endgame. In addition, that company was created by Richard Metzger, who edited a book called The Book of Lies, which was also inspired by Crowley. 
Endgame, the Alex Jones film distributed by the Disinformation Company, shares a title with Flynn's associates, Major General Vallely and Lieutenant General McInerney's film, Endgame. Vallely connects to Jones via Iranian intelligence recruiting event and New Horizon attendee and Dugan associate, Michael Malouf. He also connects to Jones via Michael Flynn and Jerome Corsi. Major General Vallely, along with McInerney, were calling for martial law during the final days of the Trump presidency. Vallely co-authored the 1980 Mine War paper with Lieutenant Colonel Aquino. Aquino got his research for that paper from the Esalen Institute crew, which we showed was likely compromised by the Soviets. In fact, the founders of that institute had somehow traveled to the Soviet Union in the 70s and brought back research which Aquino read and inspired him to co-author the Psychological Operations Warfare paper with Vallely. Well, Michael Murphy is uh, kind of an old hippie, you might say, out here, but he was the founder of the Esalen Institute down uh, below Big Sur, which is a kind of a, uh, a place where you go to um, open up your mind and your brain and, and schmooze with other people. Um, and he also founded a, uh, a think tank up in the Bay Area called the Transformation Project with a gentleman named Steve Donovan. So in the 80s, when I was working very intensely in these areas of uh, uh, what you might call the brain architecture and thought architecture and how it works, sooner or later, I ran into Steve Donovan. Actually, the way I did that was that Michael Murphy wrote a book called An End to Ordinary History, which was a very thinly veiled fiction story about psychic experimentation in the Soviet Union. I picked it up in a Berkeley um, bookstore at some point. I read this book and I said, you know what? This sounds a hell of a lot, you know, that he knows a lot more that he's talking about here than just writing a story. So I got a hold of Michael Murphy and I said, you know, I think your, your book is not a story. I think it's thinly veiled nonfiction. He said, well, you're right. And he said, if you wow. want to talk about it, he says, you, you want to talk to Steve Donovan. So Steve Donovan had a nice little apartment down here in the marina in San Francisco. And his apartment was jammed with file cabinets in which um, psychic research and mental research from all over the world was in there. I mean, the CIA and the Defense Intelligence Agency had nothing like this, nothing. <laughs> so I was like a kid in a candy store. You know, I went in there and I said, Steve, can I just rummage? And he said, be my guest. He was very affable about the whole thing. So uh, a lot of the information you know, that I used to develop in Mind War uh, began with documentation and things that I uh, first came into when I was looking through the files of the Transformation Project. And That's an this, incredible story. Yeah, well, this happened because both Steve Donovan and Michael Murphy spent a lot of time in the uh, 60s and 70s in the Soviet Union, talking with the people back there who were, were at the very forefront of this kind of experimentation. And the United States, of course, this is a Cold War, so we didn't have our people, you know, our, our agents or our attaches or anything doing this. They wouldn't have gotten a welcome. But the people like Steve Donovan and Michael Murphy would go over there on their vacation time and talk with these people and get together and have vodka with them and so on and learn all kinds of stuff. And then Bring it back. <laughs> that paper was foundational for the revolution in military affairs. 
As a reminder, Valerie was in Moscow months prior to Flynn, arranging a meeting between Trump and Putin at the future G20 meeting, and Valerie and Malouf penned an article to Russia Beyond saying Trump wouldn't take a confrontational attitude towards Russia. Valley has also done interviews with QAnon promoters like Van Andersteel, and Valley himself said the intelligence support activity group, nicknamed the Army of Northern Virginia, a group Valley might have had a hand in helping create under the Reagan administration, gave information to the QAnon group. Uh, General Valley, I have a question for you from our chat room on the, uh, the American Arc Radio, uh, Radio fan page. Do you know who the individual calling himself or themselves, if it's an organizational effort, Q? Uh, what do you know about that? Was that part of the PSYOP? What are you at liberty to say? Or is it a bunch of bunk? Well, let me just tell you the Q QAnon's tied to information, um, and it comes out of a group uh, called the uh, Army of Northern Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Now this is a group of military intelligence specialists of over eight hundred people that advise the president. And so, the president doesn't have a lot of a lot of confidence in the CIA or even the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, as much uh, anymore. So McInerney was saying things like the Kraken, which was the nickname for the 305th Intelligence Battalion, was advising Sidney Powell. He was advocating with Flynn and Patrick Byrne for martial law, like Valley and McInerney were. Got a note on Peter Navarro's new book and. Uh, uh, you know, Peter really highlighted uh, what happened uh, in that last part of, of the election. I know General McInerney and I were working on encouraging martial law then because there were so many things to do it. But then we found out that Trump probably didn't have the solid team at the Pentagon to do martial law. And I know we've commu we communicated uh, with Sidney Powell and you during those times as well. But uh, um, I, I'm just uh, so concerned that... Uh, we have people like Mike Pence. I couldn't believe Mike Pence was the Brutus in this whole thing, as Peter pointed out. So maybe just a few comments on those last few days and your experience uh, with the president yeah. at that time and what happened, and then we'll go on to some other things. Well, I, I think that- uh... Interestingly, the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion rolls into the 111th Military Intelligence Brigade, which Flynn commanded from 2002 to 2004. Did Flynn have connections in that group since he left its command that were still loyal to him? Hence why its subordinate unit, the 305th, was reportedly advising Powell. We don't have the answer to this question, but it is an interesting question. The deep state side. Let, let me just stop you there, General, because you just said something very interesting. You just said that who has just opened up the Kraken, and then you just described what the Kraken was. We all know the term because of Sidney uh, Powell using it. But you just said what it is. Can you back up on that? Yes. Sydney got the term Kraken because that's the nickname of the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion. And that has been her source, along with other sources that Mary and I know about, but we don't want to talk about. And so we're, we're getting the different sources that are relaying this. This seemingly long winding trail we just followed does in fact connect back to where we started. Even if we didn't have the information from Dave Troy, 
everyone around Q has shared connections, so it would be reasonable to assume that the walk-ins do as well. And like Dilly said, there is definitely overlap in the right wing with the occult groups and internet groups like Cicada 3301 and QAnon. In fact, Schoenberger defends Aquino, saying he wasn't a Satanist. The Satanist, Aquino, you're the one who went ahead and accused Michael Aquino of being a Satanist. You don't know what you're talking about. Once again, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's a Setian. Hasn't been a Satanist since 75. And later appeared on video with Jim Watkins discussing who might have created Q. And elsewhere mentioned Tracy Diaz was probably feeding General Flynn information from a forum Schoenberger and Tracy were in back in the early days. Aquino was also in contact with Sean Stone, who recently favorably interviewed Dugan. All right, Professor Dugan, it's great to see you again. Um, as I mentioned before, it's been the world has changed since last I saw you in 2019. Stone's father produces propaganda pieces for Putin and knows Dugan as well, and Infowars promotes Oliver's Putin propaganda and includes Russian Foreign Intelligence Service created news articles to support that propaganda. People of the West are being told that Putin is so bad that nuclear war is a reasonable option to get rid of him. And if you think this may be true, I urge you first to take the time to watch Oliver Stone's interview with Vladimir Putin and see for yourself if this one man is worth starting a war over. The mainstream talking point is that Vladimir Putin is a killer because he was in the KGB. But what they won't tell you is that he resigned from the KGB because he did not agree with their methods. He described communism as a blind alley far away from the mainstream of civilization. He is a patriot of old Russia, the thousand-year melting pot of many cultures, and for his entire leadership has sought peace with NATO. Oliver Stone is also an associate of Assange. The theme is clear at this point in part five of our series, and it cannot be denied. All of the following are intertwined. Russian intelligence, Infowars, WikiLeaks, Assange, Dugan, QAnon, and a host of intelligence, military, and Trump campaign members, all representing a faction that is anti-globalist, or lesser known as anti-Anglo-American establishment. The aforementioned people and groups related to QAnon we discussed appear to be the best candidates for people running Q, who all tie into the anti-Anglo-American establishment information warfare machine of Infowars. Even Roger Stone was promoting the QAnon PSYOP, which should not be surprising given his Twitter post about the secret pedophile elites that echoed the Pizzagate PSYOP. Stone, a co-host on InfoWars at the time, brought on a Jordan Sather to pitch the InfoWars audience on Q. Welcome back to the War Room. I'm Roger Stone, and joining me now from our new New York bureau is Tyler Nixon, California attorney, longtime conservative and libertarian activist, uh, who is going to join me in our discussion with Jordan Sather of Destroy the Illusion, a terrific YouTube channel. We had kind of talked a little bit about things like 4chan and 8chan and QAnon, which I think a lot of the InfoWars, uh, InfoWarriors, myself included, uh, didn't know much about, I think, and we'd like to hear more about that. What, what, it, you know, what is 4chan? What is QAnon? Uh, and what kind of information is being put out there that uh, is revealing what really goes on behind the scenes? So there's been some very bad, very low IQ fake news being shared around the alternative media and so-called truth community over the last week or so. And this particular fake news is attacking Q, 
It's basically an anti-Q disinformation smear campaign. And that's why I'm making this video, because we need to destroy this shit. Then Q came out. But once Q came out and I started reporting on it, holy shit, my subscriber count doubled in a month. I was getting 100,000 views within a couple of weeks of Q posting on each video. But Sather and Stone are Steel Associates, and Sather is also connected to Benny, whom Q just happened to post about, which isn't surprising given Benny is in Unity 4J. Benny is associates with Jones and McGovern, also a Unity 4J member, and part of the Veterans Intelligence Professionals team, which has members that appear on InfoWars as well as Russian television. Even Steve Pachinik, a regular InfoWars host with powerful connections at the CFR and RAND Corp, was posting about Q. Pachinik was one of the people in part one we mentioned talking about Lieutenant General Boykin as being helpful in the coup. Remember, Boykin is close with people tied to the KGB general, Yakunin. He was also in a documentary with Jones. We covered the people that could have been posting as Q and also some of the major amplifiers like InfoWars. There's also what we call the Alternative Media B Team. This group was running smaller operations than InfoWars, but they teamed up together to cross-promote themselves while conducting a psychological operation on Americans and profited from it. And it should be no surprise this group connects into the bigger web as well that we have previously mentioned. Starting with Kirsten Weldon, she is someone that played a minor role in Putin propagandist Oliver Stone's film The Doors and claimed she was in contact with Oliver. Kirsten used to work at Fox News Radio with Laura Loomer, who is an InfoWars guest and associate of Alex Jones, as well as Milo, whom we previously pointed out Flynn praised in his Digital Soldier speech. Loomer also worked for James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, along with Anne Vandersteel, who is also a QAnon promoter. Q has been preparing a lot of people, and I yes. know that it's become yes. very aware to people that follow Q. This is about preparing your next-door neighbor who could give two rats about politics. Kirsten created an alias for adult film star and former Mar-a-Lago employee. Whose name I even created, Mel K, Melody Creole. I created Mel K. When I was in college, I worked at Mar-a-Lago. Melody Creole, her alias being Mel K, so her films aren't associated with her name in search results. Kirsten, Mel K, and Vandersteel were associates of Charlie Ward on a show they called Charlie's Angels. Uh, is the internet. And the internet is going to shows like yourself, Charlie. You got a gigantic audience and a and a wonderful audience. And all four pushed the QN on Psyop. Kirsten was also associates to InfoWars former employee Millie Weaver and claimed whistleblower Tori Moras was a guest on InfoWars as well. Aside from Charlie's Angels, Kirsten, Mel, Vandersteel, and Charlie would appear at different times with Robert David Steele. Now I know Mike Flynn personally. And I know one other person who's, and I believe that QAnon is the single greatest information operation in the history of humanity. Would appear at different times with Robert David Steele, Scott McKay, Michael Jacko, former SEAL and CIA security, Nino Rodriguez, who has been on Steve Bannon's program. To uh, El Nino, David Rodriguez. David, you're a pretty tough uh, guy. Tell me about El Paso, Texas. I think, uh, you know, what I wanted to, to bring forth here is, uh, you know, I was texting with Steve Bannon and that we most important things I believe is the reemergence of, of Q. And like you said, you don't believe they went anywhere. I don't believe they went anywhere, but 1700 days later, they're back up. And Wayne Willett, AKA Juana Seven. The whole Q community 
has done an incredible service to America and to the world. They show these um, pictures, these uh, uh, gifts, various um, memes that are laying bare what's going on behind the scenes. This entire group of people represented a huge chunk of the alternative media B team pushing the QN on psychological operation. Though there were many others, these were the faces of part of the operation. Recently, Lieutenant General Flynn lashed out on Seth Holhouse's program called Man in America for implying Flynn was himself QAnon or closely connected to QAnon. Um, and then I think it'd be good to talk about uh, just different psychological operations, but then have a segment about QAnon where I can just ask you very, you know, kind of simple questions about it. Because I think that there's people that still like they'll they'll watch an interview with you where you say, "Look, this is this is don't fall for it," and they're like, "Oh, it's all optics, you know." And of course, he's not going to tell us that it's, you know. So I want to try to just create clarity for people. Like, I, know I mean, Seth, is your audience that stupid though? I mean, are they are people that stupid? I mean, look at what's happening in the House of Representatives today. I mean, this is historic. We yeah. have the first time in over a hundred years we have not been able to choose a Speaker of the House. If there's a goddamn plan that QAnon has, they better get it up and operating because, you know, I mean, I, again, I, I just, I'm not even sure I want to talk about it. I, I don't want to talk about it, actually, because I just think I'm, I'm that irritated by people still believing in this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that I think that a lot of people, they don't, there's, you have, you have. Like I mean, again, again, Seth, I, I, Seth, I like you. I like you. I like you. And but I'm going to tell you, if you have, if you have an audience that believes in this stuff, then then you have done something with your audience that that you know allows a gullibility to exist that we don't need in this country right now. This country is on the is on the verge of of becoming a communist nation or a fascist nation if Klaus Schwab has his way. Yeah. I mean, there's no plan. I, I don't know what you know. QAnon, Q, whatever the hell it is. I, it's, it's a damn good, it's a damn good psyop. That's what it is, and it's and it's been directed against the, the American people. You know, I had the founder of Q at my house about two years ago. It started out just as some guys having some fun that were authorized to engage in psyops. So it did start with people in the Trump campaign and people that worked in U.S. intelligence like MTG and all these sealed federal indictments and we're seeing all these other things happen and there's sources like he's anonymous Q is anonymous but he seems to be completely for the good and General Flynn and myself to a certain extent knew what was going on with the Q thing and knew that there was a tug of war going on over this anonymous thing and so well let's just try to co-opt it away from the bad guys that are using it and use it for good. And that's what General Flynn tried to do, okay? I had discussions with him about it. His name is Filipowski, Ron Filipowski. He's a dirtball. And so all of the, the, the people that follow him are a bunch of, to me, they're, they're probably, that's probably where, where Q comes from. He called Seth's audience stupid for believing that. In our opinion, this is one of the most dishonorable things we've ever seen. We've already pointed out Flynn was extremely close to groups running the QN on PSYOP. Flynn appears on Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour and profits off that tour. Many in the Reawaken America audience believe in QAnon. 
because of Flynn and his associates. Remember Jack Posobiec saying Q was started by two of his friends and Jack Posobiec was taking orders from Flynn at one point. You can find members of the Reawaken America tour wearing QAnon gear. Flynn himself said the QAnon pledge, which was taken directly from a Q post. And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties, discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. Of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Where we go one, we go all. Where we go one, we go all. God bless America. God bless America. The alt media B team that pushed Q along with the A team like Infowars are still working with Flynn. Tracy Diaz is on the board of directors with Flynn at America's Future. And Vandersteel is on the board with him as well at Global Tech. Mel Kay, Charlie Ward, Ann Vandersteel, Alex Jones, Roger Stone, Scott McKay, all people that push Q have been speakers at the Reawaken America tour that Flynn is on. Mel Kay has interviewed him numerous times, and with Charlie Ward and Nina Rodriguez, she went as far as saying Putin is with Trump and part of the White Hat team. And then uh, Putin's up there being like, it looks like 1933 Germany, and this isn't good. And he's he's the only one up there being saying, you know, you guys are out of your minds. It's over. I, that's what I'm hearing these people say. Okay, and, so yeah. I was going to ask you that, Mel or Charlie. What's Putin's role in this? He's with us, right? He's with Trump. Yeah. Trillion okay. percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's up there based. Okay. All right. Because I was always a little bit confused about Putin, but but um, yeah. So he's with Trump. Okay. Thank if you, you forget Trump. whatever Putin or Trump says and watch the body language when they see each other, they're, they're like long lost identical twins. <laughs> I mean, yeah. their hearts are exactly the same color. <laughs> and I know, and I know, Putin said something that uh, I don't know when he said this. I can't quote it exactly, but. Uh, I think he said the new world order is dead, correct? Didn't he say yep. something along those lines? Yeah. Or it's done. He said yeah. it's done. A guy like Putin is he sees, and this is and and I would say in his statements, but he sees the new world order with their eyes on Russia, like Russia is is a piece of steak that they're just gonna slice up that the new world order. And I, when I say the new world order, that's that's the European Union and then the United States and parts of the parts of the West, right? Like Canada and even Australia now and New Zealand. Gentlemen, please stand to your feet and greet Charlie Ward, the name Mel Kay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Patriot Street Fighter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet and greet Ann Vander Steel Rogers. Alex Jones will be live and in person at the Reawaken America Tour. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be with you. In our opinion, Flynn was likely involved with Q at some level, and it is dishonorable for him to call people idiots that he and his associates profited from via a psychological war they likely conducted against them. We mentioned this earlier, but it is worth restating here. Alex Jones said he inspired Q. The people doing it were likely authorized to conduct psyops against Americans. He knew who started Q. He helped push Q at the request of the White House with his employees, and he stated people that went into the Capitol were probably inspired by Q. Until January 6th, and the majority of people that did go into the building of different organizations and groups and individuals had the Q propaganda background that there was going to be this big storm and this was the day of the takeover and it was all going to happen that day.
Alex admits the QAnon psychological operation affected the events of January 6th. And this is where we will close out part five of our series with a discussion on this, citing specific people like the Q Shaman. People like to dismiss the Q Shaman as an actor. When 21st Century Mind Wars has discussed him, people reply to us with an image of someone dressed similar during Brazil's similar event to J6, as if that constitutes some type of proof he is an actor because someone dressed like him elsewhere. By this logic, we can find hundreds of false supported examples of people dressed like the Q Shaman at football games. No, the Q Shaman was for real. Months earlier, he was wearing his outfit campaigning against secret pedophile bases of operation, telling a reporter who Q was and all about secret underground bases. Yeah. Oh, hey, if you don't know who Q is, Q is the highest levels of the military and the intelligence community, disseminating bought top secret information to pay attention to the Republic so we can take back our country from globalists and communists and Satanists. Okay, and then what they do is they use their billions or trillions of dollars to create a bunch of deep underground bases where they have all this like highly top secret technology going on. This is exactly the themes we have discussed in the convergence of the new age occult and conspiracy theories and the right that Dilly discusses in her research paper. Q Shaman was inspired by Q. There's no doubt about it. His views also reflected that of Foster Gamble's Thrive film, which talks about suppressed secrets like free energy. And Foster is also someone Alex interviewed and credited for bringing people from the left into their fold. And I appreciate uh, the uh, gambles coming on. Foster, uh, Kimberly, tell us about your awakening. And then I want to get into the free energy, you know, how you woke up to 9-11, uh, you know, inside job, false flags, uh, just the full spectrum you're covering. Because this film is really waking up kind of mainline liberals out there that, that we're unable to reach. And I think it's uh, valuable for that reason. Good to have you with us. Thank Jordan Sather, one of the QAnon influencers, Benny, Steele, and Stone interviewed, was also reportedly influenced by the Thrive film. Not surprisingly, in Foster Gamble's Thrive portal, our anarcho-libertarian Stefan Molyneux's Free the Main radio, Lauren Souther was on tour with Molyneux, and she interviewed Dugan in both Southern and Molyneux, have been guests on InfoWars. Catherine Austin Fitz's Solari report, he was an associate of Alex Jones and also member of Unity 4J and InfoWars, all groups that interact with each other and have direct or indirect connections to Assange and Dugan. Q Shaman is also on videos years earlier describing his tattoos and his adornments in detail and how that relates to his role as a psychedelic drug-using shaman. He was no actor. And here we see the Soviet Esalen Institute New Age influence on him, which launched the psychedelic drug culture. Obviously, this intersects with the right and his belief Trump was saving the world from a secret pedophile elite, which was part of the QAnon psychological operation narrative that InfoWars pushed as well. InfoWars, QAnon, Flynn, Posobiec, Steele, Stone, Corsi, they all pushed the QAnon psychological operation that Q Shaman believed in. The Q Shaman is just one manifestation of a varying multitude from the psychological operation that started with Pizzagate went to Charlottesville and culminated on January 6th. We believe InfoWars and the ecosystem tied to it were purposely destabilizing American society with short-range plans interwoven into longer-range plans. InfoWars and their associates, modus operandi is to launch psychological operations like pushing a boulder down a mountain 
Then when the psychological operation inevitably turns kinetic, they have already distanced themselves from or renounced the psychological operation they launched. Of course, they would never refer to it as a psychological operation, so they can claim they have no liability for the military-grade operations that are aligned to foreign interests they've launched against the American people and the American establishment. We've already demonstrated almost everyone aligned with InfoWars, including the military and intelligence factions, are allied against the Anglo-American establishment, which is our establishment, and Russian intelligence, business, and political interests are closely connected with these anti-Anglo-American establishment groups. At this point, one might wonder, how can InfoWars continue to operate if this is the case? How can they launch PSYOPs against the American people that turn kinetic with nearly zero repercussions while the PSYOP victims are thrown behind bars? The answer is our country is deeply divided by foreign designs and deeply infiltrated for at least 70 years. January 6th is an excellent example. InfoWars and its associates largely made January 6th happen with sustained psychological operations against the American people. The PSYOP victims are in jail and the left characterizes them as insurrectionists and gives them the worst inflammatory labels. The left would never admit many might have had honorable intentions, but were disoriented to the truth from military-grade psychological operations their minds were never equipped to defend against. The January 6th committee hasn't touched the military factions, the intelligence community factions, or the media factions that caused January 6th. And those people are all replatformed on Twitter so they can continue their operations. How can this be? The left is just as infiltrated as the right, and it serves the infiltrated left and the infiltrated right throw psyop pawns in jail as political tools to fight over and point to as examples, but never getting to the root cause. Perpetual division serves the interest of both sides and primarily the interest of our foreign adversaries. The right reacts to the extreme rhetoric of the left and vice versa. That extreme rhetoric oftentimes originates if we dig deep enough from foreign adversary information operations working through their American allied factions. Those American factions were calling for martial law in the final days of the Trump presidency. In fact, after Flynn, Byrne, who dated a Russian spy, and Powell had visited Trump to pitch him on the idea, Trump tweeted, big protest in DC on January 6th, be there, will be wild. Wild can be defined as not subject to restraint or regulation, uncontrolled, unruly and uncivilized, barbaric. Trump was referencing a report by Peter Navarro around this time, which he said it was statistically impossible for him to have lost the 2020 election. In fact, it was Peter Navarro's aide, Garrett Zeigler, that had let Flynn, Byrne, and Powell into the White House to pitch Trump on seizing the voting machines and declaring the Insurrection Act. The same people that pushed the Pizzagate PSYOP and were close to people at Charlottesville pushed the stolen election narrative and worked to get bodies to J6 like Jack Basobic, Michael Flynn, Alex Jones, Ali Alexander, and others. January 6th from our research in our five-part series appears to be the culmination of long-range plans and short-range plans of our foreign adversaries converging, creating massive destabilization, which might have paved the way for the second invasion of Ukraine, and what is turning out to be, as Alexander Dugan says, the final great war of continents, the cataclysm of the Kali Yuga. Don't think Trump just did this on his own. He was recruited by patriots and U.S. intelligence agencies. Donald Trump was advised by the, the 
Special Forces Command out of Florida. The brave men and women who were in the FBI, the CIA, the Director of Intelligence, the uh, military intelligence, and I was recruited by uh, patriot elements inside the shadow government. There's a civil war in America right now. An alliance between the United States and Russia would be common sense. He utilized all the men and women in our intelligence community in the White House, General Nakasone, General Keith Alexander, Boykin, Special Forces. I inspired Q. I've talked to QAnon. Q QAnon is a group in, in the Pentagon. Uh, and very close to Donald Trump, military intelligence. The White House directly asked Corsi to be on the HNB a month ago. But I mean, what does that say about, about QAnon, the founder of Q at my house? The, the two gentlemen who run the QAnon in HN. We've had them all. And General Flynn and myself to a certain extent knew what was going on with the Q thing. We have an army of digital soldiers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Until January 6th, and the majority of people that did go into the building of different organizations and groups and individuals had the Q propaganda background. It's a damn good psyop. That's what it is. And it's that there was going to be this big storm, and this was the day of the takeover, and it was all going to happen that day. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol. What do you think? I don't agree with absolutely everything in this video. Some of my research takes me down some different paths, but this is the one that really connected a lot of the dots that, that we're seeing. And I say we, because there's some people who are much better digging than I am that I work with. And I'm really thankful for this video and uh, I'm going to approach the, maker of it to come on the show to talk about it but i also think it's worthwhile to do a telegram chat so we'll do that right after right after this i suppose or perhaps wednesday lot lots happening right now and i think we're really at a pinnacle type moment when a lot of things are getting exposed including by this channel because there's some stuff happening let me tell you anyways um god bless each and every one of you 
and please give a comment, a thumbs up. All the links for the series are in the description. I'm going to be watching them alongside of you. And in the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. Radio.